Welcome to the Progress with Unity podcast. This is the O City preview. I'm joined with Paul. Are you doing, Paul? Hey, not so bad. Um, yeah, it's uh, good to be back on. I missed last couple of weeks, normal ones um, due to kids and work and things. But yeah, good to be back on. Excellent. And uh, we've got Hull City fan Bobby Hardcraft, who's going to be joining us uh, a little bit later to do a preview, run through a preview of the old city. But as always, we start off with a look back at the last game that we played, which was Oxford United down at the Kassam Stadium. Uh, I'll just run through the stats quickly. Uh, they had 68% of the possession, shots 17-7, to 7, on target 7-1, to 1, corners 9-3, to 3, and fouls. Uh, the referee blew up nine times in the favour of the Latics and 18 times in the favour of Oxford United. There were no cards issued at all, so you can tell it wasn't a nasty match. And the scoreline, 2-1, which was a little bit disappointing, Paul, wasn't it, the way the game was unfolding? Obviously, you've got all the drama around the kickoff being shifted and then the second half being shifted and all that kind of stuff. We fight so hard to get ourselves in a decent position and come away with nothing and you can't be anything but disappointed can you no it was it was as much frustrating as well because Cal, obviously we'll mention Callum Lang's goal in a moment but when it went in I had a quick look at the table and I got a nosebleed we was up to 18th from worrying about where we were to suddenly you're thinking hang on a minute we, we, we're clear here you know, we're three points clear of, of relegation spots. We're, we're in the right good position. To, no, we're right back in it. So, Lang's goal. We got a free kick over on the right-hand side. Hasgard miss, miss it his free kick pass. It was intercepted by an Oxford player who started to break. But Hasgard, as he does, he, he chased the ball down really hard. One, one back possession with a great tackle. Fed it in. It was not to uh, Lang, who used his backside to give him a little bit of room from the uh, defender. And wallop it was in the back of the net. A typical Lang goal, I think, Paul. Yeah, he's he's definitely shaping up as a striker, isn't he? Using his body strength to give himself that half a yard, crack a shot off, goal. You know, he did it in the um, in the game on Saturday as well, just muscling through the defenders and then getting to it first. It's becoming a bit of a yeah. You know, it's obviously it's a bit a bit of a cliche trademark in in two games, but yeah, I mean it's. It's certainly good to see it happening. Well, you can't ask any more from your strikers than to bag a goal a game. I think that's a, a fantastic return. Like you say, Northampton yeah. away scored the winner and we was all hoping that he'd you know, d- done the same on Sunday. But the first goal, I mean, I, I've seen people mention that it was uh, you know, defensive lapses or whatever and we had two men trying to stop the cross and we didn't. But to be honest, I thought it was a very good goal from their point of view. I always talked about this just prior to coming on our but the curl on the cross and and, and uh, win all at the far post, winning a header above the defender. I, I thought it was a, a good goal, Paul. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at the cross, the cross is it, it's right footed from the left, so it, it it kind of hangs out and then swings in towards the back post. So that's going to keep your keeper on his line because he doesn't want to come out and miss it and then you know be caught flapping. And then when it curls in. Just the, the, there's a there's a centre half challenging, but the the winner gets there first and and gets a decent header on it, and all your keeper can do at that point is make himself as big as he can and and try and keep it out, and he he didn't. There was a ball knocked through for Lang to chase. He was flagged offside. It looked marginal, 
but the keeper clattered into him. Subsequently, he had to go off. It looked like he got a bit of a dead leg, which might be a bit of a worry for Wednesday. And he was replaced with Joe Dodu, who, who came on. Uh, but then we had a little bit of a bit of a calamity, shall we say, Paul? That I, I mean, that one is one that definitely just goes goes in in the bucket of defensive lapses because you know the ball comes in. There's a, there's there's a bit of an header goes on, and it kind of drops behind the two centre halves. They were just shielding it back to the keeper who's waiting for it to come. They're just inside the six-yard box, waiting for the ball to kind of dribble back to the keeper or the keeper to come out and try and like drop on it. And none of them do. The Oxford player just nips in and porks it past Jones. And you, It's like either keeper come out and drop on it and, and be decisive in that way or centre-half just think, right, let's save the point, bang it in Rosehead and just be swift and decisive and and that's the and you can see what they're trying to do and it, it, it's dead easy to be critical in retrospect because it didn't work but I think the sensible thing to do play the odds get rid or keep a come out drop on it everybody reset and and you know jobs are good and it reminded me of a game from 1974 John Fisher versus St Peter's Oral and there was a very similar situation occurred there. And and for me, that's what it was. It was like school by football. Where we're at, isn't it? We, we know, I mean, we didn't get Leon Balligan this season on loan from Brighton. We got uh, Scott Wooten on loan from Plymouth Argyle. So the quality is a lot different from what we were bringing in this time last season. You know, he's, he's an art and soul player, is Wooten. I just wish yeah, it was a bit of that instead of, to, like you said, wallop it out of play. Yeah, so I don't necessarily think that's a, a quality issue. Me or you could stand there and what and uh, shield and wallop it. It's a switched on situation uh, issue, I think. Um, again, with the keeper potentially, if he's quick, if he's quick of his thought, there he's off his line. He's dropped. You know, he sees the ball just drop into nothing. He drops on it, gets his hands on it, and it's safe. That speed of thought come it, it, it's it's tiredness, isn't it? And it's it's mental tiredness. Yeah, I agree there, hundred percent. I think they put a lot of effort into that game yesterday, and they they did tired quite dramatically in the last twenty minutes. And the, well, the whole scenario of 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 the way football's being played and what's going on, and add to that the fact that your preparations have been disrupted somewhat by pushing the kickoff back by a day, then a bit more by pushing it back by an hour, and then having that floodlight fire. I think there's a lot of energy just been, mental energy just been expended there. And, and you know, same for both sides. But actually, at that point in the game, they've been a little, just that fraction sharper. After the game, Liam Richardson, Richardson uh, you know, he, he said he was frustrated and disappointed with the results. And you could see that he was in, in his interview, so we move on. We move on to Hull on Wednesday. Hull in town, and we've spoken with Bobby Hagraff, who uh, we'll have a little listen to now and see what her take is on Hull City Athletics and the way the season's going. Hull City had an exceptional start to the League One campaign, and since being relegated, we did quickly become the favourites in the league. We had a brilliant run of form. We were winning every game until a few dips, um, but there was nothing too major. It was more, you know, we picked ourselves up and kind of started again. However, in December, we lost to Shrewsbury, Blackpool and Portsmouth in consecutive games, um, which was a dip of form sometime. We actually normally have pretty good Decembers, but that month was a bit of a downer after what had been a largely successful campaign so far. We then beat Charlton, Drew with Sunderland and then beat Fleetwood, who have been quite impressive this season. 
recently we've had a dip of form which we haven't seemed to be able to recover from like we could in the first half of the season. We've earned one point from the last four games and it's starting to look a bit dangerous as two of those defeats come to Burton Albion who are really struggling this season and then MK Dons. As Hull City fans, after last season where we did have a terrible second half of the campaign under Grant McCann when actually... In January, January, um, when we did play um, on the first game of the season on New Year's Day, we were one point off the playoffs and then ended up finishing bottom, as we know. Mentioning players to watch, because as much as I'm complaining at the moment, we have got some players to look out for. However, those players are different from the ones I would have mentioned at the start of the season. Malik Wilkes has been a star player for us in the early half of the campaign. However, recently our strikers have been really off form. Josh McGuinness was was doing okay as a target man. Contra- perhaps controversially, he hasn't just been the same since suffering from COVID, which is completely understandable. It, it's a game of you know small advantages, and that he really suffered with that because he he suffers from asthma and um, hasn't been on the same form. A player to look out for who's actually been quite prolific, despite not being a striker, is Greg Doherty. We signed him in the summer. Um, and he's just been a brilliant player for us. Um, he's a really talented midfielder and I don't doubt that he'll be looking at higher levels in upcoming seasons and we're, we're lucky to have him in the squad. Wigan this season, they've kind of met my expectations. I, I did think when you came down, obviously you were struggling and you had rumours with the takeover. I mean, I don't think you'll go down. I think you, you're comfortably in this league. However, you do look like you've been struggling recently in terms of Heavy defeats to Blackpool, but you're beating the people you need to beat, such as Northampton, who, again, are in a similar struggling position. And do you think this team's a lot worse? Obviously, I don't think it'll be a same scoreline, a similar scoreline to last season in, with the um, 8-0 defeat, which actually I have got over because as much as it pained me at the time, it was a combination of painful things. And I think that was just the nail in the coffin when we were losing... You know, we we won one game in the second half of the season and it was against Middlesbrough, which gave us all that false hope of staying up um, only to perish in the final few fixtures. I do have a soft spot for Wigan and uh, I was gutted when the takeover fell through. Yeah, so I will always have a soft spot but and I don't think it'll be as easy, you know. I don't think it'll be as easy as we think when we've been struggling in these recently, what what would be considered an easy run of fixtures. MK Dons and Wigan... I went on a podcast the other week, um, the whole City one, and everyone was saying, you've got to see that as six points. And we've already lost the first game. As players, I wouldn't take it for granted because I don't think we're the same... We're not the same team that started this season in such a dominant position. I think people are starting to suss us out and McCann is very, very stubborn with his management style. He, he won't make changes. He's got no plan B once it's not working. That's what I worry about. I don't think Hull will go up as champions whatsoever. I think we'll be lucky to make the playoffs. Um, that's based on recent form. No, I don't think we're going to go down. I think you've got it in you to... Not comfortably, but a healthy relegation scrap. Thanks, guys. So Bobby spoke about uh, Hull uh, and the uh, dropping form similar to last season, Paul. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite as precipitous as it was last season, is it? Because, I mean, that was like top to bottom, but then you could almost see that coming with them. They sold a couple of really good players last season at, at that point. Can I just stop um, you there? Yeah, I'll, go on. That's a word. I love that, precipitous. It's, <laughs> uh, I know you've been dying to get that into conversation for the past <laughs> no, I, <wasn't>, I just... 
carry on. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was, wasn't it? It was top to bottom. I mean, they've not they've not suffered that um, that drop in form at all this this season so far. But signs, I think, might be there. You know, losing against MK Dons. Um, yeah, and Burton Albion. Burton Albion. Yeah, I'm just. And, and also in the uh, EFL Trophy playoffs as well. So, yeah, their form seems to be just dropping. Um, I, th- I thought the most interesting thing she was saying was about Josh McGuinness and his COVID affecting him and his asthma and his form just not being right. And it, it, it does make you wonder with people of all ways, shapes, sizes and ages of you know, the long-term effects of what's been going on with different people and how it, you know, it seems to affect all kinds of different people in different ways, doesn't it? It does, it does indeed. Right, we've played Hull 25 times down the seasons. We've won 11, drawn 7 and lost 7. And the last time we played them, uh, as as we, we like to mention and Bobby mentioned, was the 8-0 uh, drubbing, 7-0 by half-time last season. We've lost just three of the last 13 meetings. Uh, the last time they beat us at Orm in Wigan was 1996. So we've got a bit of a record there to uphold against Dull City. Uh, the referee for the game, Graham Salisbury, uh, he's, he's 20 games this season, 63 reds. Uh, sorry, 63 yellows, 63 reds. Wow, he's a, he's a maniac. No, he's not. 63 yellows, one red, and he's awarded four penalties. He last refereed us, and I hope this isn't an omen, he last refereed us at home on the 15th of December, against Rochdale when we suffered that 5-0 defeat. And I just hope that isn't an omen of what's going to come. How do you see the game going? Do you think we'll stick with the three at the back? And how important is it that Lang was taken off precautionary and is actually fit to play on Wednesday? It's quite important, isn't it? Because he is shaping up to be, you know, the people asking questions, why on earth did he go out on loan in the first half of the season? Um he is shaping up to be our our main striker, and you know you look at his age and you think, yeah, if we if we get takeover news through and it all kind of tidies up, he could be our main striker for the next 18, 18 months, two years beyond. So yeah, he, he's if you take if you take the player out that's been scoring the goals, it's going to affect the rest of the team. So it is vitally important, I would say, that he's fit. In terms of three at the back, I, you know, you've still got personnel there that are getting used to each other, um, and I think that probably plays into the second goal from from yesterday. If you if you've done it, you you know, you've either got to stick or twist, and I, I think stick, keep going, keep trying it. You know, we 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 gave a a, a decent team a, a a good run for a long period there away, so you know we should have been. And I know there's no crowds, but it's part of those signs that you read where you say, actually, we should not be down at the bottom here because we can play long periods of games against top sides and be competitive. And then just the little laps and suddenly we're not picking the points up. We've been there before. We've seen that before. And when it turns around, it turns around fairly quickly and fairly comprehensively. I would be happy if we look solid and get a point and, and remain competitive and take some confidence and push that into the you know rest of the season and then we go on and get on one of them runs again. Yeah, well, it's the start of two difficult games against uh, the top two, Hull and Lincoln. I'm with you entirely on the on, on the, 
the setup. I think we've looked a lot more solid over the past two games. Three at the back. Johnson's come in. He's played really well in both games. It gives us gives our midfield a little bit more beef as well with the with the fullbacks tucking in, in into the middle. Uh, and with the IO, I hope it continues. It's a great formation. You said you're hoping for a point. I'm going to jump in and then I'm going to push you for a score prediction. I think we will get a point and I'd be happy with a point, to be honest, against a, you know, a team up at the top of the table. I'm going to go for one apiece and I'll be more than happy with that. Go on, Paul, give us your score prediction. Well, I'll, I'll not join you. I was, I, was, I was either going to go with one apiece or nil apiece, but I'll, I will, I'll go with nil apiece just, just for the sake of coming up with something different so at least one of us has got it. A chance of getting it right. <laughs> it's been uh, a pleasure. This is only a short one, you know, with it being the uh, the weekend one, which has been tra- which due to floodlight failure, we've had to push it back to to Monday. But this is just a short one. It's been a pleasure, Paul, and thank you to Bobby as well for joining us. We'll be recording Wednesdays after the game against Hull. Straight after it, we'll either be buzzing or or not, whichever the case may be. Yeah, or neutral if we get it. Well, I suppose we'll be buzzing if we get a point, won't we? Yeah, indeed we would. Okay, thank you very much. So see you all Wednesday and uh, it's a goodbye from me. And from me.